welcome to episode 10 of the podcast. Today, we will be featuring Stacy Shopsowitz. I mean, he's a badass bass player. And today, we're going to be talking about bass. Um, I come from a guitar background, but when it comes to bass, there's a completely different mentality. As a bass player, you approach songs in a very different way looking at more of a support role and that's something that we talked about so if you're interested in bass um i hope you get something out of this so enjoy episode 10 featuring stacy shopsworth the call yeah no problem thanks for doing this i appreciate it thanks for having me yeah how are things going right now pretty good how about yourself yeah pretty good all things considered um yeah totally. i've been all right all right so yeah i just wanted to talk a little bit about bass and yeah you're probably the best bass player i've ever worked with so yeah i think you'd be a good candidate to talk about this thanks man appreciate it um so yeah let's start at the beginning um when did you first start making music uh i started probably when i was about 11 or 12 mm -hmm. uh I, I started on guitar my my brother was playing guitar um didn't really take to it and then uh saw this movie detroit rock city mm-hmm and uh, there's like the band Kiss is kind of like a central element to this movie. And um, I, I don't think I knew like what a bass was before that, but I guess because like Gene Simmons is like a very, um, uh, what would you call it? Um, just like obvious part of that group, you know what I mean? Like yeah. bass players, you don't always like, see or you know they're not like important visually mm -hmm. so it's like oh there's this other guitar like instrument that's worth checking out and so uh after that i my family rented a bass and then after that i just been playing since yeah so did you and your brother play together a lot we used to we yeah. actually used to have lessons together okay. um which was cool because like right from the beginning especially as a bass player like to be supporting like a guitar player and playing with people is such an important part of the, the equation. Yeah. So to, to learn in that environment was really special. Okay, that's cool. So did you guys ever have a band together? We didn't, no, not with my brother. Mm -hmm. I think by the time I, I was getting more serious, he was kind of getting less serious. Okay. But um, he still plays, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you mentioned the the support role, and I think that's yeah, that's something different, like compared to playing guitar. Like I, I started out with guitar, and um, yeah, is that like a different philosophy that you had to to have when it comes to playing the instrument? Just like thinking of it as a support role. I think so, and I think I was really lucky too to to come into a situation where I was playing with someone 
who's better than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and kind of like right away, it was like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> this is kind of your, your role in like the greater picture. And you, you're kind of working with people mm-hmm. in real time, you know, like playing with people. Uh, I think because you can, you can play guitar on your own and it could sound like a complete piece of music, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess theoretically you could with bass as well, but it's not really what it's meant for. Yeah. Or it, like, you know what I mean? And it's not like really what you'll end up doing, like playing in, in bands and with people and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think having that kind of, yeah, perspective and understanding that dynamic and like the different roles from the beginning was was really a a luxury yeah that's cool and um so yeah you mentioned gene simmons um were there any other bass players like early on who like you looked up to flea was a big one oh yeah um i think for me like when i was getting started it wasn't even so much about what people were playing it was just like oh like this is a bass player like <laughs> i can like check out what they're doing you know uh-huh yeah um do you remember like some of the first songs that you learned yeah uh i remember uh, my cousin played a little bit of bass and he was babysitting one time and he taught me other side by the red hot chili peppers (laughs) and that that was one of the first bass lines i learned oh man that the whole album's so good Mm -hmm. californication um yeah so um like early on like you said you had lessons with with your brother like were you doing guitar lessons together at the time or were you um taking bass lessons at that time uh so when i when i started on guitar we were taking individual lessons because i was just learning like this is what a fret is and like that like very basic um and then by the time i I picked up a bass then we were taking lessons together okay yeah that's really cool then um yeah and um like when it comes to playing bass now um are there certain genres that you you kind of lean towards definitely uh i think as a bass player like funk soul r&b is my personal favorite and even not as a bass player just that music is something i I really enjoy Mm -hmm. uh i've been playing more kind of rock music in the last couple years which is a little bit foreign to me yeah. It's just there's just been opportunities to do it, mm-hmm. and so checking that out um, has been a really fun experience, and I'm like getting more comfortable and enjoying it That's cool. as it's become like a bigger part of my life, I guess. Mm-hmm. And is this like coming from working with uh, rock artists? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, like, what do you do um, primarily? Are you doing like session work or or touring? Um, yeah, what kind of stuff are you doing right now? I mean, there's there's no tours for well, me right, right now. Not yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pre pre COVID, I was doing um, I was touring. I was playing uh, corporate events and weddings when I was in town, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, trying to do as much like recording as possible. I would like to do more of that, but um, yeah, it was it was mostly probably touring and then like weddings and corporate events. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do you have a preference for? Um, the type of stuff that you like to do? I think my favorite right now is probably recording. Yeah. Um, partially probably because there's like not as much of that. Oh, okay. And there's something really like magical about it. Like as a performer, 
you never really get to experience what you made. Mm. You're just just kind of in the moment, and then when it's over, it's done. And like your perspective on it is like so skewed. Like I hear my amp, and you know what I mean. Yeah, and like yeah. usually on stage, like it's not like a really good uh, like sonic perspective on what's happening. Mm-hmm. You can't see it, and it's it, it's almost like it never happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You just like you you go up for an hour or whatever, and it's loud, and then you that's it. <laughs> <laughs> When you're recording, like you can play it back and you can experience this thing that didn't exist an hour ago. Yeah. And you and people you're working on music with, you've literally created something that never existed before. And you can hear it the same way other people are going to hear it. And that to me is just so magical. Yeah. Um, are there like any artists that you were working with um, like fairly recently that, that kind of stood out when it comes to recording stuff? recording oh man um during the kind of quarantine i uh, recorded a track at home for a guy i work with named justin nozuka mm-hmm. yeah he's, I know uh, him. <laughs> yeah, he's great awesome yeah he's amazing and uh that was really cool to like i'm also for recording i'm used to working with like a producer or an engineer mm-hmm. and for that track i recorded the bass solely on my own um which was super cool to to have that like, level of responsibility and also from a technical level, just like kind of dig into a little bit more of that. Um, yeah, it's been cool. Yeah. Well, um, what was it like recording yourself? Like, were there any challenges, um, like doing, I guess the engineering by yourself? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the, the things I didn't really overcome is to get the sound that he wanted. Mm-hmm. I had to play really lightly. And the pickup that I was using was like a little bit noisy. Okay. And it was noisy in a way that the noise would change. It wasn't like a consistent pitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I wanted to comp something from comp A to comp B, the noise would be different. So I feel like if, if someone wanted, were to go in to like scoop out the noise, every time I, I comp from a different take, they'd have to find where the noise was again. Uh. So that was like an interesting challenge that I honestly wasn't able to overcome. Uh, I didn't know how to fix that. Mm. Yeah, that's something you probably don't think about normally, just have somebody else take care of that. But Yeah, have you ever dealt with that? Um, not, not that specific problem, no. Um, but yeah, like the stuff I record is just like messy anyway, so whatever, just leave the noise. <laughs> Right on. But, um, yeah, like, um, when it comes to doing session work, like, is it hard to find gigs like that? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I've been working with a couple producers for a couple of years, and those are the, the people I generally get called from. Once mm-hmm. in a while, a new person will reach out. But, um, it, it is, I think the recording community is is less kind of out and about, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you'll meet other musicians on gigs and stuff and like through friends, but you don't really meet other producers on gigs. So it's kind of hard to connect with new people. Mm -hmm. Got it. And yeah, when it comes to the actual, actual playing, like, um, how do your practices look like, um, 
Actually, let's start with um, how you practiced um, when you were first learning. Like, how did you start to improve on the instrument? I know you had lessons, but um, yeah, do you remember any of the specifics of the things that you were learning early on? Yeah, I mean, I think a big one for me is just time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember I had a teacher who he kind of broke down like subdividing 16th notes. Mm-hmm. And there was um, like a phrase he used. I think it came from like Indian music, like tiki taka. Okay. For like one eanda. Mm-hmm. And then just like really internalizing all the separate 16ths. And when you're practicing, practicing really slow and making sure that kind of like internally you feel all those individual subdivisions. And then you can kind of move stuff around. But, um, yeah, the idea I think there was just feeling all those subdivisions distinctly and clearly mm-hmm. at a slow tempo, I think was the most important thing for me in terms of like getting time together, which I think is like the most important thing for a bass player to have together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, did you have like specific times when you'd... um? practice every day like you'd um set aside a specific amount of time or was it just yeah practice whenever just kind of practicing whenever i remember in high school i would practice a lot at school Mm -hmm. whether that was like finding ways to like get out of class we actually had practice rooms at my high school nice so you could go to like a yeah it was amazing go to practice room and, and just shed there and uh when i had spares in grade 12 there was also a class we had called repertoire, which was just like learning independently. And then every once in a while, you'd like do a performance of the stuff you've been working on. Mm-hmm. So that that was a really amazing opportunity to just like hunker down and get some solid practicing in. That's cool. And um, what about the theory aspect of, of playing? Did you spend um, a lot of time with that when you were starting out? Not really when I was starting out. Uh, when I got to school, that was like a bigger part of it, and even preparing for school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think honestly, man, I really need to like brush up on some of that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's not something that I'm like actively thinking about all the time, mm-hmm. uh, especially like some of the more complex concepts, like more like the jazz harmony stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think like you can get by playing especially if you can hear stuff without the theory it helps for sure Mm -hmm. but uh it's not you know to learn like your first couple songs you don't need to know all all the theory in the world yeah yeah. and um like what kind of stuff do you do now when you're practicing that's a good question i mean um Usually, like before COVID, I would just be learning material for gigs mm-hmm. or working on material that I would need to record or whatever. Um, and I guess it's still kind of the same. But now, because there's less work, the kind of things that I'm working on is a little bit different. It's a little bit more like personal and and less like, oh, I got Tuesday, I got to play this, so I, I got to know it. Mm-hmm. Cool. And um, are there any... Any, like, all-time favorite bass lines that you can think of? Oh, man. Um, I mean, James Jamerson probably has a lot of those. 
uh, like the Motown session dude, mm-hmm. uh, all-time favorite bass lines. Uh, I really like Braylon Lacey from Erica Badu's band. Um, I don't know in terms of specific lines, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. It's like the like classic R&B kind of vocabulary I'm yeah. really a sucker for. And um, what what was the first bass that you had? I still have it. It's a it's a '90s Yamaha BBN42. Mm-hmm. It's it's um so Nathan East plays like the the top end of this line. This this is like the student model. Okay. But the, there's one kind of close to me that they're mine that was endorsed by the bass player from the Baja Men. <laughs> So I have, uh, there's like a, a catalog where it's like, guy from the Baja Men plays this. Wait, was that the fun. reason why you got it? it no, I found <laughs> out about that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And do you have a favorite bass that you play right now? Probably, yeah. So I actually, when I wanted to move to a five string, mm-hmm. I, I thought it would be less of like a dramatic shift if I found the same bass but the five string version okay and so that that five string version is still my my primary bass it's the same but just with a fifth string okay nice and um are there any artists that you'd that are kind of like on a wish list right now that you'd like to work with oh man um definitely yeah i don't know i feel i feel weird saying it like out loud you know <laughs> what i mean especially because some of the people like I feel like it could happen, you know. Uh-huh. There's there's some people who I'm like, oh man, I, they might call me one day. <laughs> um, and I guess yeah, there's like the bigger ones who I'll, I'll never work with. Like I would love to work with Joe Scott. That's never gonna happen, but that's like a dream for sure. Um, it would be amazing to do something with Wayne Shorter, even though yeah, it's, that's never gonna happen. But uh, it could happen. Yeah, man. <laughs> I guess maybe maybe I just gotta change my attitude, but. Yeah, I mean, there's so many amazing artists. It's like, it's an amazing thing to, I don't know, be working on music. And you can always just play along with records too. And like, that's a pretty great experience. On, you know what I mean? You can still yeah. play with their recordings. Mm-hmm. And um, are there any things that, um, like if you were going back, that you'd change in, in like your your process of, of learning how to play the instrument that you think would speed things up? Like if you were going to talk to yourself as a beginner, like what advice would you give yourself? Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, huh. I think maybe focusing more on ear training. Mm-hmm. And um, I think... If there were if there were shortcuts, I, I took a lot of them. You know what I mean. And uh, for me, it was always just about being able to to play the thing and to like be prepared for whatever performance or situ or rehearsal that I had coming up, instead of really like internalizing the stuff, especially at an intellectual level, like really understanding what I was doing mm-hmm. and maybe focusing more on like the lessons that were available in the music I was playing rather than just being like, okay, I just want to be able to play this for Tuesday. Mm. Got it. And, um, did you go to school, um, for music? 
I did, yeah. So for I went to an arts high school, um, and then after that, I did two years at U of T in the jazz program, and then I finished my degree at Humber. Okay, yeah. What was what was it like in um, like the school environment? Uh, at U of T, it's very traditional. Mm-hmm. They really loved jazz from 1965 to 1985. Okay. And they also were really interested in like large ensemble music, like Kenny Wheeler. Um, so it wasn't so much my thing, even though it was like a lot of cool stuff to learn about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, in that environment specifically, it was almost like frowned upon to be like working on R and B or interested in like rock music or whatever. Oh, wow, really. Yeah, so that, I mean, man, even having like my electric bass on my back was like, oh, like, why do you have that here? <laughs> Look at this crazy uh, guy. Yeah, it was just like strange. So that like was kind of mixed feelings, and then I left. And um, Humber was really cool. There was like a lot of really interesting people at Humber doing a lot of interesting things. And uh, at Humber, there's like a uh, recording element, which is super super cool. I took a class there called Aesthetics of Sound. Mm-hmm. which was um, about like analyzing a mix. We didn't actually mix anything. We just listened to stuff and kind of talked about it. Mm-hmm. And that was a really interesting class and a really useful perspective for like recording down the road. Mm-hmm. So at U of T, were you playing stand-up bass? Yeah, primarily. Yeah. Um, yeah, when did you start um, with yeah playing stand-up? Uh, I started just before high school. Um, I, I was a friend of mine was like, "Oh, I'm gonna like check out this high school called ESA." That's the one I ended up going to. Mm-hmm. We were in middle school at the time, and he was like, "I'm gonna take a, a half day off school to go do it." They had like an open house. Yeah. And at the time, I I wasn't really seriously considering it, but he said take a half day off school, so I was down for that. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I went and it was like such an amazing vibe. Yeah. I was just like, man, I really want to come here. And um, in order for me to go there, I needed to play stand-up bass. Mm-hmm. So I started taking lessons, and uh, that, that's how it happened. Um, was it a tough transition, or like how much can translate from playing electric bass to stand-up? It, yeah, it's definitely a, a big shift. Um, there's a couple big differences. So the scale length is way bigger. Mm-hmm. So you have three notes per position instead of four on electric. Okay. So you have to shift in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, so the shapes are different. And uh, going from a fretted electric bass to a fretless upright bass is also like a pretty big transition. Mm-hmm. Learning about intonation and having to be bang on with the electric bass as you know, as you know, as a guitar player, you just hit the fret and you're in tune. As long as the instrument is in tune and intonated. Yeah. Um, also, playing with a bow, it was like totally new. Um, and playing, you know, vertically instead of horizontally, it's it is a pretty big shift. I mm-hmm. think you have like a little bit of background coming from playing like some sort of stringed instrument as a bass guitar player. Or, or as a guitar player, even you, you'd have like a little bit of foundation, mm-hmm. but the the mechanics of it are very different, and also the pitch intonation issue is is definitely new. Yeah. Um. Do you do a lot of stand up still? 
not a lot. I still play and I still, you know, take gigs on it once in a while, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not it's not a huge part of my life. Okay, cool. And yeah, I guess we can finish up here soon. Um, just like uh, one more thing. Do you have any like advice for anybody who is interested in getting into bass playing, just starting out? Um, not sure what direction to go. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's such amazing resources online. Like the YouTube thing is crazy these days. There's, it's an amazing resource. Um, and I think just, just have fun. Like a lot of the best players I know have the most fun. And I think, especially as someone who's spent time doing this professionally and like around environments where people can get like pretty jaded and dark about it. Mm -hmm. And then those people are not the best players. If I think just keep it fun and and have fun. And if it's not fun, make it fun and enjoy all the great resources available online. That would be my suggestion. Awesome. All right, man. I really appreciate this. Dude, appreciate it. You having me, man. This was great. Thank you. This was cool. So